Welcome to Art Conversations, and I am your host, Lisa Jane Irvine. As a practicing visual artist, I've had the opportunity to meet many interesting individuals along the way. Every path I've ventured down has provided me with a greater knowledge in the arts, as well as a vast array of experiences that have helped to shape my practice both in and out of the studio. I encourage you to grab a cup of tea or even a coffee and settle in as we begin my conversations with my guests who are working, practicing, exploring, even playing in the arts. career in television and cinema in the early 2000s, Pascal Normand has devoted himself since 2009 to the creation of his pictorial artwork. Independent and self-taught, Pascal participates in artistic events such as New Art Festival in Ottawa, the Toronto Outdoor Art Fair, and MTL on Arts in Montreal. In recent years, his work has won several important awards. The Mayor's Prize at the Coulet Urbain Symposium in Granby in 2018, CCLGBTQ Jury Prize at the MLT on Arts Festival in 2018, third prize at the 34th International Gala of Visual Arts in Montreal in 2019, and the Desjardins Public Prize at the 22nd edition of MTL on Arts in 2021. Pascal also has several solo exhibitions scheduled in various venues until 2024. Pascal's primary inspiration involves the textual uniqueness of industrial landscapes and architectural jewels and is the heart of his creative work. Pascal's photography combines nocturnal photography with digital art and aerosol painting to develop a different perspective on these places a collective memory to which he pays homage by giving life to a current urban aesthetic where evocative settings are established. Please help me welcome Pascal Normand to the podcast. How are you today? Pretty good, thank you. Yourself? Great. I'm excited to talk about your work. I first saw your work at the Artist Project and I was drawn into these large-scale urban photographs. Before we start talking about the work you're currently doing, I thought you could give us a little bit of your history because you originally started off in cinema. Yes, yes. All me. Back in the 2000, 2009, for more or less 10 years, yeah, I worked in the cinema and television industry. And do you feel that that influenced how you look at the world now or your work that you're creating? Yeah, well, definitely everything is connected. I started because that's where I studied. I mean, I was born and raised in Quebec City area, and I went to uh, study uh, television production in Ottawa. And I was from 17 to 19 years old, and I, on the way back, I got kind of stuck. (laughs) My heart got stuck in Montreal, not for someone but for the city itself so i kind of just liked the place and i went through for the years to come after that working in the television and cinema and i made the short movies i worked with a lot of people it was really interesting but at this point my point is that i had no idea at all that any of what i'm doing now i mean visual art Mm-hmm. Photography as a basic for a living. I had no idea it would come to my life like it's now. So 
it is definitely connected as it forged me. I mean, I was in my 20s. I became a young adult to a more mature, <laughs> if I may, adult to uh, that I'm now. It made me what I am now in a large part, for sure. So where did the camera and the photography sneak into your world? How did that come about? Yeah, it came really early in this era. I mean, the time I was working in the television and uh, I bought a camera, photography camera to shoot. And I went directly trying to shoot at night early 2000. And I did that for several years, but just for fun, just as an exploration, no exhibition at all. I mean, I was only doing it for myself. Mm -hmm. I was inspired by the ambience outdoor at night with the lighting and everything. And that was to me at this time and still today, but it was since the beginning, really close and connected to what we were looking for when we do research for locations, when we want to shoot a scene for a film or places that are rich in textures and the vibe, the spirit of it. So I got by night here and there shooting with my camera just for fun, sometime with a friend and another time with a girlfriend that I had back then. And... I was printing my stuff in frames on my walls in my apartment, and that's it. (laughs) And you still do a lot of night photography, so there's still that romance with the night scene and the lighting. Yeah, sure. It is definitely what defines me now. I mean, what defines my artist statement? I am all in to nighttime photography. Mm -hmm. It's my thing. I mean, it's the thing that I developed. It's the thing that I was at the beginning and I'm still now totally amazed by. I mean, it was the thing at the beginning. And I think everyone who experienced long exposure shooting on a tripod at night, whatever what you're shooting, I mean, if it's stars, the moon, lights in the street lights, it's amazing what you can get from long exposures. And I'm still amazed by that. But now, I mean, I totally took that to another level. I mean, because I'm shooting multiple shots, I'm shooting multiple long exposures to create the work I do. Mm -hmm. And a large part of the work that I create from those photos, as I say, it's more a photo technique than a a photo itself, what Mm -hmm. we're looking at. Well, actually, it's mixed media, but it's photo technique based. And there's a lot of digital work that comes after the shootings. Mm -hmm. So everything that is made at the beginning, the multiple shots are specifically made to what's going to come next in terms of working with Photoshop. Mm -hmm. So is there a time of night that you find is optimal for shooting or do you just go out as soon as it's dark or... Is there a sweet spot in the city that's like, oh, this is the perfect time to be out here? Well, my main playground used to be and still is Montreal. So mm-hmm. it's still a large city and a lot of action. So what I am aiming most of the time is, I mean, the time I get out, it's more or less 10, 11 p.m. till before the sun mm-hmm. starts bringing some lights. But the most important thing in that question is when I go shoot, not 
the time, but the day. So I always aim for beginning of the week, like Mondays and Tuesdays, because it's kind of more quiet. Mm. And I like to have, you know, the way I see it just for myself, I like to think that I own the city at this time. I mean, because it's really quiet, there's not much people. So it's a particular time that I like, that I enjoy, you know, hanging around, following paths and finding my subjects. Yeah, I like that you own the city. That's a perfect description. <laughs> yeah, that's the feeling, actually. That's what I meant, yeah. Yeah, you know, that's good. Because, I mean, as an artist, I get that. Like, you have to find that place that's yours, and that's a great way to describe it. For anybody that hasn't seen your work and who's listening to the podcast, can you describe some of your photographs, like what you're taking photos of, where you're going, and what they look like? I mean, obviously, it doesn't encompass everything, but just a couple of the key elements of your work. Mainly what I do is buildings, industrial buildings, everything that is close to something that's iconic. Like in Montreal, one of the most iconic buildings we have is the Farin Five Roses sign. Mm -hmm. So for people who came in Montreal, especially by train, people know what that is. Toronto had a lot, but a lot is gone now. So what I do is buildings, industrial buildings, icons. I'm looking for train tracks. Well, actually, I'm just going to get inspired myself by looking around in my studio, what I have in the back. So, well, actually, yeah, what I just described, it's mostly yeah. that. So that's what we see here. That's what I just described. I used to work as well on some buildings in the countryside. So it's a little bit more complicated then because I have to work with the full moon because on the countryside, you don't have much lights. So I have few of those, but I have like more or less four days in a month, a couple before the day and two after, like when the full moon come and then I can shoot those. But otherwise, yeah, it's mainly... Uh, urban stuff and buildings, industrial. So I'm just curious, do you ever go to other cities and start wandering around and seeing what they're like as well if you're visiting somewhere? When I'm visiting, like when I'm going, example, to Toronto, when I did recently the uh, artist project, I'm going to be back in July for uh, the Toronto Outdoor. Mm -hmm. So those both shows. I go for the show, I go to exhibit, I go to work, I go to that part of my professional life mm -hmm. that is to represent my work, represent myself. So as I'm working all day long, there is not much energy left so I can shoot at night when I go. So I do other cities than Montreal. It's mostly Montreal, but I did other cities than Montreal. But most of the time I will go or visit Mm -hmm. especially for shooting, not combining exhibition and shooting. Some exceptions can happen. Like actually when I was there in March for artist project, was it in March, April, April? Anyway, I did a shooting because it was a custom work for someone who planned in February, 2020. So just before the pandemic. So we planned a shooting. It's a video effect working for films. And they have a really nice industrial building. And they wanted me to shoot because they saw me at the artist project in 2020. I was supposed to go back in 2020, spring 2020. So it didn't happen. So two years later, this year, I combined 
the artist project show and shooting for them. But it was only that shoot. You mentioned that you do mixed media. Can you explain how the mixed media comes into the photographic pieces? Yeah, I do mixed media work as it's still mainly based on the photo technique, like I said earlier. Mm -hmm. So photos and digital work are Mm -hmm. the main core part of the work. Mm -hmm. Once the work is digitally created, because there's a lot of digital work that goes from my Mm-hmm. the original photos that I took. Uh, but once that is done, I will inkjet print on canvas, mm-hmm. stretch on the frame. And once that's done, I work on top of the print with spray paint. It's a slightly amount of paint. So in proportion, I don't know how much exactly, but it's not a lot. So mm-hmm. what I like to say, it's not a lot physically, but it brings a lot for the appreciation we'll have looking at the work. So it's more like textures that I will add with the, the spray paint. Mm-hmm. And then I varnish and the piece is completed. So do you do all your own printing and stretching and everything? No, those two parts are the ones that I don't do myself. I have a print guy that is also an artist and I am is exclusive client because he owns the machine. Mm-hmm. I am the only client. So uh, I can take time with him to mm-hmm. get what we want. It's not like in any other shop, like print shop, like there's a distance between you and the technician mm-hmm. that does the operation. So, And then I will work with another company that does the stretching. Mm-hmm. So I start with the photo, send the file and get it back to me at my studio on the canvas and stretch. And then I work with the paint and varnish. Well, that's really interesting. I was imagining if you're stretching all those, that's a lot of work. (laughs) Yeah, because I'm doing a lot. I mean, I'm happy to say that it works really well for me for uh, several years now. So yeah, I couldn't do it myself. I mean, just having the wood Mm -hmm. to make the frames I would need a shop with something working with me to operate that, you know, and it's a nonsense because a lot of my time as a professional or a full-time artist, I prefer full-time artist. I don't know exactly what is professional artist. <laughs> we say that, but I don't know exactly what it means. But anyway, a full-time artist. So I do a lot of promotion myself. First, I'm self-taught mm-hmm. and I am also really um, autonomous working myself with promotion. So I don't work much with galleries, meaning that all around Montreal, I am representing myself. Mm-hmm. I work with a gallery in Ottawa and one in Quebec City. Otherwise, I do all myself like an entrepreneur. It's the way I'm dealing with that. So that's where I put my time when I'm not creating, shooting or producing works that are being ordered after a show or through my website or you bring up an interesting point about being an entrepreneur and your own person in business what kind of advice would you give to a young photographer who's thinking about starting up their own photo journey and business and what kind of things have you learned along the way that would be helpful for somebody starting out starting out as a photographer i would enlarge this question to as a creator or as a visual artist because I define myself as an artist photographer because it's mainly what I work with but I'm not a photographer in the sense that I'm taking a photo shoot for a 
events or uh, portraits or you know that kind of stuff. So my camera is only exclusively working to create the artwork that I will represent and sell. So mm-hmm. what I would suggest to visual artists, photographer or painter or whatever, it's the same for all of them. It's get out with your work, get exposed, go exhibit your work. You have to be seen. You might be the most talented artist mm-hmm. in the world. If nobody knows you exist, nothing will happen. And I am the kind of person that is, like I said, autonomous. So, I mean, I have nothing against people helping to get known and you need those, but I like myself to take control of the actions that will bring back people to see work. And so the first thing is to expose yourself by exhibiting your work because it's the reflection of who you are and it's frightening at the start when you start being an artist i mean showing your work is it's just like a kid drawing something and just don't really want to show it because he's not unsure of the reaction so it's the same when you're uh, an adult and you got to show your work that's really good advice. You also um, do things like newsletter. You're active on social media. Do you find all that helps with your getting exposure and getting your work out there? Definitely. There's none better than the other. It's a combination of all. So sometimes, yeah, people ask about, you seems to do well. Um, mm-hmm. It's your website? No, I mean, yeah, it's my website, which is transactional. It's, I mean, I have a transactional website for what I do now since the beginning, like for since 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. Facebook, Instagram, newsletter. Yeah, newsletter is kind of dinosaur thinking, the newsletter. I mean, it's, I mean, I'm 43 years old. I don't know what 23 years old person <laughs> think about newsletter. I'm a little bit, but for me, it works well because... It's the thing that gets really close to the person opening it. The engagement is stronger than whatever what you do on Facebook and whatever you do on Instagram. And I don't say that that as it's the truth for all. I mean, it's my truth because it works well for me. So yeah, newsletter, I send it once a month and all the social medias and then all the shows, summer, outdoor shows collectives, exhibitions. One thing that works really well for me, which kind of, I don't know the exact expression in English, but I would say close the circle. I mean, you start from a point and it gets back to the same point, but you close the thing. I know. You come full circle. Yeah, coming full circle. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, it's it's offering appointment at my uh, studio, which have a large part of it as a gallery. So I have the part where I work, I have the part where I'm sitting now with you, having my work all around. So I have a lot of people starting by discovering me in a show. Mm -hmm. They're not ready. Maybe they will move, maybe they will uh, made some home improvement or uh, budget or name it. All the reasons are good. In between, they will go on my website. They will start following me on Instagram. And two years later, by example, they will take an appointment to my studio and then they're ready and then we close the deal. So it's a, it's the circle that goes a lot and works well for me. That's actually fantastic because I think most artists head out into the world and expect instant sale, but to give the buyer 
that room and space to actually contemplate. And I think buying art is very emotional for people. It's a big investment and a big step. Yeah. So to be able to have them come to your studio and buy the art, that's fantastic. So Mm -hmm. you mentioned you have a lot of shows and I know you have several coming up. Do you want to talk about some of the shows that you have coming up in the next little while? So the listening audience, if they're in those areas, they can go. Yeah. Well, definitely. I don't know exactly when we're live with this. Uh, the end of June. End of June. Okay, so it's going to be really close or at the same time than my next upcoming exhibition, which is Montreal. Well, I will say it in French because it's in French. She doesn't say it's Montreal en art. So uh, it's uh, right downtown in Montreal. It's an outdoor show that goes for five days. So when we do like Toronto outdoor, we have those 10 by 10 pop-up tents. Montreal show, they goes really with the big, strong tents, you know, the kind you have at weddings or big outdoor events. So you have your own individual 10 by 10 tent of that kind. And yeah, yeah, it's really cool. And it's all along the St. Catherine Street East. And uh, this part of the street is uh, close to uh, pedestrians. So it's really a cool ambience. So that's my next show. I think it's June 29th to July 3rd. So basically it's uh, Canada Day weekend. And the other show after that is the Toronto Outdoor, which is, I don't remember the dates exactly, more or less around 15th. Yeah, that sounds about right. 15th to 17th, I believe. Yeah, three days at Nathan Phillips Square. Yes. I am going to be at booth 245. <laughs> oh, that's good. So any of my Toronto listeners can definitely go. Yeah, yeah that I remember. <laughs> that's great. What does it take to get ready for one of those shows? So anybody that's never done something like that, what goes in from your end in terms of not just the art and the creation, but the prep to get there, set up and all that? Oh, yeah. Prep is... Uh something important and it's nobody showed me anything of that i mean i learned and probably like a lot of different artists you learn the hard way (laughs) (laughs) you do your first you see others you're facing a problem then next year you come with a solution and then you face another problem and there it goes i mean you learn (laughs) the hard way and you evolve, but I really like planning that. And I really like to get prepared for that kind because it's always kind of survival mode because you have to spend a lot of time, especially when you're outside, when you're outdoor, if it's yeah. going to rain, if what you do when you set up. And I really like to plan and evolve the way I will set up my stuff. And I always over-prepared. That's good. So when I get on site, it flows like a river. But when something comes, a problem or something, I have the free space in my mind to face that kind of challenge. So that's how I learned to be um, efficient when I go to that kind of... So I always prepare a plan. I always try to get specific measures of the space I will have to hang if it's a first show or I don't know what will be the setup, the walls or the tent, or if I don't control or I've never been to that show. So I try to get the more information as possible. I can visualize and prepare. So I always prepare in my Photoshop a plan on scale. 
So I know what piece is going to go where, planning the backups when you can have storage or living in the car. I mean, when I go to Toronto, it's another challenge because I can't go overnight to my studio to bring something else. So how much do I bring? There's a space, you know, you have to think about. There's a lot of things to think. I can imagine the planning is as much as the actual creation. Like you have to be pretty much on top of that. Otherwise, it could be very stressful, I imagine. Yeah. And before all of that, yeah, of course, when I start planning what's going to be my setup, my plan, I have to think ahead of time what piece I have available at the moment or and or which one I want to produce to for the show. So I have to plan that ahead of time. Yeah, sure. So you also mentioned, you were mentioning just like planning this. So I was sort of thinking when you photograph, do you just go out and find places or are you somebody that sort of takes notes or keeps a notebook to say, I got to go back here. I'm going to try this. I would show you my note list, but it's on the phone that I am talking oh, to you actually. But <laughs> I have this infinite scroll down list with subjects idea. Because this part is, it's like a day-to-day passive part of the work. I will listen to people as well when they suggest subject or stuff. Sometimes it works. Sometimes I need to hear it from 10 different (laughs) persons over a couple of years. And then I will move on (laughs) giving attention to it. So yeah, I have this list. And when I go uh, on a night... For a photo shoot, I will go through my list and make some kind of a itinerary to um, to see where I'm going to go and visit some different subjects. Okay, that's interesting. I was wondering how you did that or if you had a plan. So, yeah, the phone makes sense because it's always with us, right? So Yeah, it's always close to me and I can take photos if I need a reference because when I have to look for subjects, yeah. Most of the time, it's in daytime. You know, I see a place, but I have to go back at night to figure out because sometimes I can have some, example, uh, street lights that will blow, you know, in my land. So I cannot do the same angle that I had in mind in the daytime. So I have to compose with different stuff like that time to times. What's your biggest challenge when you're out photographing at night? I don't know if there is any challenge. I mean, not that it's easy, but I enjoyed that part so much that I don't really see any challenge. So other than what I just said, like about the street lights or the access to some places, but it's not bugging me. I mean, it's a challenge as I have to get to the point I want, but I enjoy this challenge. So it's not a problem or it's not. I don't it's see it much as a challenge. It's just, okay, there's a fence. I got to see all around where I can get in or go over it or, I don't know. So challenges, I don't know. There's not much. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, the challenge is the creative process. That's great. Yeah. That's good. Well, thank you so much, Pascal. This has been really wonderful. I've enjoyed chatting with you and I'm hoping to make it down to Nathan Phillips Square. So hopefully I can drop by and say hello. Yeah, sure. I'd like to. That'd be great. So thanks again and uh, have a great evening. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you for the uh, invitation. Thank you for tuning in to Art Conversations with Lisa Jane Irvine. 
If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and hit the like button. And don't forget to check out my website, Facebook, and Instagram accounts. Thank you for listening. See you next time.